2: Good afternoon. Welcome back to The Colleen and Bradley Show. Here in our third hour this Friday, My Talk one Streaming live. We're on the app. Have you downloaded it? You should, because there's all sorts of listener rewards. and I hope you're having a good Friday afternoon. I'm Bradley Trainer. That's Holly Roberts. Oh, I really do, Holly, because, you know, it's well, been a rough week yeah. <laughs> for some people. Um, Colleen will be back in uh, the next segment. So, um, we need to talk about this Warner uh, Media. I should say Warner Media, but Warner Brothers essentially is what you would recognize making the decision to or i guess making a uh, a deal with HBO Max to release movies theatrically the same day that the films are released uh on the streaming service that is huge and it's all 17 of their 2021 Warner Brothers movies will uh, appear Simultaneously. Now, here's here's the caveat, because I was confused when I first read this story yesterday or when you first told us about this. Mm-hmm. It's not that all, because Jamie and I were talking, uh, my partner Jamie and I were talking this morning. He's like, wait, they're dumping all the movies at the same time? And I'm like, no, 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 no. They're dumping each movie on its date, like release date, just like any other time of the way we release movies. Like, let's say Dune is coming out October 1st of 2021. Yep. Dune will be released in theaters that day, as well as HBO Max. This applies to all 17 of their films, though, on different dates. So it's not that they're dumping them all on the same day, but they are dumping them simultaneously each time there's a release.
3: And there's a couple wrinkles in that. So just to get specific, because it gets a little complicated. So Dune yeah. drops in October. It's only going to be on HBO Max for a month. Then it's going to drop off HBO Max until it's done with its run in the movie theaters. And then after that, you'll be able to rent it on other platforms for a nominal fee.
2: Exactly. So what they're trying to do, I think, is maximize an an audience the best way they can, because they know that in this day and age, even post-pandemic, people increasingly are watching more and more films On streaming services. And I think to get the biggest bang for their buck. They're banking on big numbers from streaming. As well as big numbers on box office. And sometimes. Maybe a movie will have a bigger box office. Than streaming. But sometimes. A movie will have bigger streaming. Than box office. And that rightly has concerned. Traditional movie theater companies. Like AMC. Who's basically gone like ballistic at this point because they're like you're essentially cutting um you know uh
3: you're cutting into our profits our business model you're you're completely obliterating it if you're not honoring some of the ways that we've been doing business before
2: and when i first read this i thought god that's shady to do to movie theaters but but like so many things and i think this might be the lesson uh in this moment like so many things in 2021 or in 2020 the pandemic just accelerated what was already happening. Right. So yes, it's unfortunate. Yes, it's terrible. If you work for a theater, if you own a theater, it's bad. And the story has not been written. We don't know if Warner Brothers is going to be successful. And other movie studios have not are likely to follow something similar or try something similar. But it's not a foregone conclusion. It's also not a foregone conclusion that they'll be successful. It's just that they're willing at this moment to try something radical in a way that they haven't before. And I think that's because the <laughs> coronavirus has sped up an economic uh, the collapse of the current ep- economic model as movie uh, studios seem to think um, exists.
3: Right. Well, and it was one of those things where movie studios were working on these business models, but now it's gone into overdrive. And there's this interview on vox.com with the CEO of Warner Media about why they decided to put all these first run movies on HBO Max in 2021, and they think that in the next 10 to 15 years, a company like Warner Media, Warner Brothers, is going to be in the exhibition business. Meaning, they are going to be the ones who are distributing their own content in a way that they hadn't for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So, they're just going with, like, it's. We, they're saying, the customers want it. And it's a great experience. People want to watch these movies on HBO Max in their home.
2: They make money on eyeballs. Yeah. Instead of having the, you know, constant battle of how to get more eyeballs into theaters, why not create more ways to put eyeballs on your product? Right. So you're kind of cutting out the middleman. It's kind of like um, this maybe isn't the best thought out analogy, but what springs to mind is like your milkman, right? Like you used to have to have a milkman to show up every day because, um, you know, there weren't ways to keep all the milk refrigerated, blah, blah, blah. You needed to have somebody come to your house every day and drop off milk. But once the technology's improved, once you were able to put milk and store it better and you had grocery stores that could keep it, all of a sudden you don't really need the milkman anymore. And it really sucks if you're a milkman. But if you're a milk producer, you now have a distribution mechanism to get more people milk.
3: Right. Well, and this goes back, like, let's do a little Hollywood history about all of this. So it was so back in the day, back in the 40s, the way that Hollywood studios work, like let's use Warner Brothers, for example, they used to make their movies and then they also owned the movie theaters that those movies were shown in well that business model was busted up by federal rulings uh, anti monopolistic rulings back in the late 40s so then m- movie companies couldn't operate that way and so then you get chains like amc and you get all these movie theaters that are a separate business yeah. well now it's been ruled this year that vertical integration that's the term is legal again mm-hmm. so what the ceo of warner media is like is like hey we can have our own movie theaters again. So it seems that they are Everything old they, every,
2: is new again. What does it so mean? remember, so now I only remember this because, and if you're just joining us, we're talking about the decision by Warner Brothers to release simultaneously films, both in the box office and streaming online. Um, in a coordinated effort in 2021 such that we've never seen, the likes of which we've never seen before. But it makes me think of, um, and I wish I could Tinsel rem- Tinseltown, I think is the name of the book, um, that talks about the history of the studio system and how, if you read a book like that, and Holly, you know film history um, way more than I do. Mm-hmm. The... The the same problems that Hollywood faces today, or the problems that Hollywood is facing today are very much the same as they were at the very beginning of Hollywood, in the sense that you had people who created content, who wanted to make all the money, and then you had, um, you know, that system changed, they had to evolve, it kept changing, and it, it very much is sort of a revolution back to where, you know, studios were. 100 years ago
3: well right because this was in august so i'm looking at a a report from the hollywood reporter that it back in august a new york federal judge granted the paramount decree uh to be over it was over and that was decided back in a 1948 u.s supreme court decision the united states versus paramount picture not to get into the history weeds too much
2: why not well like why
3: not well what it basically means is that Warner Brothers is looking to the future. Okay, well, these old rules that we've been operating under for the past 60-plus years are done. So we're moving forward where we might have Disney theaters, Warner Brothers movie theaters. And it seems like they are going in that direction, and people like AMC are not happy about it.
2: And Marcus Lowe is turning in his grave. Yeah. Um, Everything old is new again. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see how uh, other studios respond to this, if other studios... Uh, endeavor to do something very similar. And then, of course, to see how audiences respond. Because I will say that from um, like my own personal standpoint, there are movies I definitely want to continue to go to see uh, in the theater. For example, Dune, when it comes out. I just th- That's the obvious one. Yeah. I want to see that in a theater because it will have been filmed to be seen in that experience, right? Ideally. Right. But there are other movies, the majority of which probably... I don't necessarily need to go to the theater, too. So so it'll be interesting to see how audiences react to this change next year.
3: Yeah, I think that people, after all is said and done and we get on the other side of all that's been happening this year, people are still going to want to sit their butts in a dark room with a bunch of strangers.
2: Well, speaking of sitting in a dark room, uh, sitting your butt in a dark room with the uh, with a bunch of strangers, when we come back, our good friend Paul, Paul McGuire at Grimes, from Paul's trip to the movies is going to tell us if there's anything worth watching this weekend when we come back right here on My Talk 107.1.
0: Every Friday on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, Everything Entertainment. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. Hi. We check in with our friend Paul McGuire Grimes from Paul's Trip to the Movies to see what we should be watching this weekend. Hello, Paul.
1: Hello, it's great to be here. I missed you guys last week. We miss you as too. Well. So what We got a bunch of movies to watch. Yeah, Good. what do we got going on? Tell us what's on the list. Okay. The first one I want to recommend is a new Netflix movie available today, and it's called Mank, And it's about famed screenwriter Herman Mankiewicz, who's played by Gary Oldman, and his race to finish his screenplay for Citizen Kane as he's battling a broken leg and alcoholism.
2: Oh, I did not know anything about this film until recently when I saw it pop up, and I'm like, tell me more about this.
1: Yes, so David Fincher, who we know, who I know and love, he did The Social Network, Seven, Zodiac. He directed this from a screenplay by his father, and it also stars Amanda Seyfried, Lily Collins, and Charles Dance. And if you love film history, if you love politics, uh, well, I mean that's a heavy thing to say, but. What we see here in this movie is this kind of lesson on how uh, history repeats itself, whether it's film history or political history, because there's a lot of talk in the movie about what the industry was like at the time, what was happening, same with the, the world of politics and how it's kind of repeating all, again today. There's a lot of parallels. in I
2: was, I was going to say... <laughs> If There's shockingly too many similarities between the uh, almost 2030s and the nearly 100 or more than 100 years ago 1930s. So do you feel like that was a, an obvious sort of um, dot connection that was made in this film?
1: I think so. I think there is a reason why. David Fincher made to make, wanted to make that a par- as a paradise it is, And when we were done watching it, Ryan and I were like, oh my God, it's happening all over again. So I think if, if people are maybe not, don't know a lot about film history, because you don't need to be a cinephile to watch this. Yes, I will get more enjoyment out of it than maybe someone else who doesn't know who Herman Mankiewicz is, hasn't seen Citizen Kane, doesn't know a lot of the other names tossed around. But then if you kind of draw in the parallels to today's film society or even the politics of today, you'll, you'll be able to enjoy it more. And you have really fantastic performances in it as well. And David Fincher makes it look like a movie that was filmed back in the 1930s, 1940s. It doesn't just look like a contemporary movie, just shot in black and white. Like, it sounds different. It looks different. It's so well done.
0: So let's talk about some of those performances and some of the, the, the names that are attached or who are in this project.
1: Yeah, so Gary Oldman, he plays Herman Mankiewicz, and he really leans into, like, the heaviness. The He knows how to play him, not necessarily as a protagonist, but not even really as an antagonist. Like, you're not going to be sure if you should like him or not. And I think that's what's so great about Gary's performance. And he is definitely a lot older than Herman Mankiewicz was at the time. Um, so... Don't let, try not to let that get you, but you he can see why he's such a chameleon. You don't really think about so many other Gary Oldman's performances as you're watching him as Herman Manquitz. And then Amanda Seyfried, I think, gives one of her career best performances. It's not her career best performance in this. She plays Marion Davies, who was this screen hmm. starlet at the time. And knows how to hold her own against Herman managulets. And she's funny and flirty and kind of a really strong character. And I got to talk to her. You can see that interview on Twin Cities Live today or on my YouTube channel. Just about making this movie, what she's binging right now. If she would be an act if she would want to be an actress back in the old studio system as well. So it's fun to kind of dive in with that to her.
0: With wow. her. And we can, And where are we able to watch this?
1: Yeah, so it's on my YouTube channel. Paul's trips movies on YouTube. You'll see it right there, or on Twin Cities Live today.
0: Wonderful. And how many? Did you say how many ticket stubs?
1: Four and a half out of five for Mank. Okay. I really got a big kick out of it. It's kind of a slow burn. It's kind of a slower movie, much like movies were back in the day. A, a little bit slower than some of Fincher's other movies, but I think people will enjoy it.
0: Awesome. Okay, and uh, and and what else do we have to look forward to this weekend?
1: If you want to get your Christmas on, watch Happiest season. This is now streaming on Hulu and it's from Cleo DeValle and it stars Kristen Stewart who goes to her girlfriend's parents' house for Christmas and on their way there she realizes she learns that her girlfriend, played by Mackenzie Davis, isn't out to her parents yet. Ooh. So it's an all-star cast. Mary Steenburgen, Victor Garber, Alison Brie, Daniel Levy from Bleep's Creek, and Anna Gasser and Aubrey Plaza are in it as well.
2: Oh, those sound like fun people to be in a movie together. Yeah. Is this
1: is
0: Clea, Duvall, is this Clea Duvall's um, first... Like, has she, has she directed before?
1: She directed, I think, one very small little independent movie before, and she co-wrote it with her friend Mary Holland. I think they were both on Veep together. Okay. And Clea really, like... We don't get a lot of Christmas movies, like mainstream Christmas movies, that, that have a gay couple as its main central characters. Yeah. And she really wanted to write one that was kind of telling her story. Mm. So it's really great to see that representation on screen. Now, we can talk about that idea of how many more movies do we need about the coming out story and the struggle that it is versus just what Bleep's Creek does and has gay characters and there's nothing to it.
2: Essentially. Yeah, they're just there. Being They're just people, there. because that's what they being are.
1: people. Right, yeah. exactly. Uh, <laughs> right. exactly. But, so, but, but
2: telling their stories, that's the important part, without having to Sorry. put a big, like, you know, gay hat on it. Yep.
1: Right, exactly. Um, and so if you like movies like The Family Stone, I think you'll really like this as well. Because there is that kind of madcap, crazy family antics in this, you will laugh a lot. And then there will be times where you're in tears because you're like, this really resonates or this gets you right. And the characters, you know, like they're, they're, they're not always – like they're messy. Like there are some messy characters in this movie that you don't want to like. And then the you know Clea like holds their feet to the fire a little bit about that. And Daniel Levy has this phenomenal monologue in it that really encapsulates what's this, what the whole movie's about. I think you'll have tears after you hear his monologue.
0: I think it'll be fun to see uh, Dan Levy in another
1: character role. Right, be- because we're I mean, used he's to him in Blade very Street. similar. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's a very similar character, but it's not as eccentric. If yeah. You
0: know? uh, how many yeah. ticket stubs for that?
1: four to five, I think, you know, I think it definitely reaches more than its kind of niche gay audience. And I hope other people watch it and take something away from it.
0: Wonderful. And that's on Hulu. Paul Maguire grimes Thanks, Paul. From Paul's trip to the movies, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having me. We'll
0: talk to you next week. All right, when we come back on The Colleen and Bradley Show, I liked it. Hey, this is The Colleen and Bradley Show on MyTalk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com. Everything Entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. And, uh, you know, we got some dumb people doing dumb things, and we have a name for them, and that name is...
1: Crazy Stupid Idiots! Well then, I guess one could say, that's a crazy stupid idiot. Yeah! Colleen and Bradley present CSI. It stands for crazy,
2: stupid idiots. It sure does. Why? Well, because the world is full of crazy, stupid idiots. That would be dumb people doing dumb things repeatedly over and over again, oftentimes in the state of
1: Florida. Florida.
2: Florida.
0: Florida. And sometimes other places.
2: Like? Where are we going first?
0: Thanks for asking, Kentucky. Mmm, what happened in Kentucky?
2: Well, I want to tell you about a bald Kentucky man. And he, uh, caused a bald
0: a, Kentucky man?
2: Bald Kentucky man.
0: Okay.
2: He caused a disturbance at a Ceylon after something had happened. And I want to tell you about a guy named Jeffrey Trent. He's 46. He was arrested last month after allegedly causing a disturbance inside of a Ceylon in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Uh, This is a city that is just twenty-five miles west of Lexington. Okay, so you may ask yourself, what is going on? Also, uh, thank you. A disturbance is uh, that is not all that exciting. You okay over there?
0: I'm just knocking things around.
2: (laughs) Okay, so a disturbance is no big whoop, right? But this is crazy stupid idiots. (laughs) Idiots. (laughs) But this six foot three, two hundred and fifty pound. Beast of a man walked into the frame clinic and gallery, which is apparently a salon.
0: Or a frame clinic and gallery. What? That That's a weird name for a salon.
2: Oh, apparently the salon doubles as an art gallery and frame shop.
0: Okay, well, you so wouldn't kind know of it. Three-fer. It just really sounds just like a frame <laughs> gallery.
2: Um, apparently... And- that's all. Well, he walked into the frame clean. He must have known that there was some hairdos going on. Um, now, remember, I said he's bald. Bald,
0: so why was he getting his hairdo?
2: This, this is all good questions, Thank you. Sherlock. Thanks. Um, okay, so it's about 1040 in the a.m. And he goes, hey, y'all, I need a product to bring back my hair. Um, To which the employees were like, yeah. Looking around at the art and frames around him said, well, I'm sorry, sir, but there's no magic potion that's just going to bring back your hair. He was like, this is a salon and a gallery and a frame shop. I want something to bring back my hair. They looked around and said, well, if you got hair, we can cut it. If you got art, we can frame it. Mm -hmm. If you need some art on your wall, we can put it up there.
0: But if you need some hair on your head, no can help.
2: No can care. So, um, he then got angry, as one does, and created a disturbance inside the business. What did he do? He just disturbed.
0: Disturbed. He just
2: Yeah, there's no details of what happened, but they do list his hair color as bald, and it is quite (laughs) clear that he wasn't going to get any service, so one wonders why he walked through the door in the first place. Also, it's like, oof. What do you do when you go to get your hair cut? Or I should say, what happens when you go get your hair cut?
0: Um, couple things. <laughs>
2: so, Most obvious.
0: Okay. Um, You come out with shorter yeah, hair. Yeah, your hair gets cut. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so why would you go to a place where they remove hair
0: to get To more. get hair. Yeah, wrong. That's the wrong, Unless that's the wrong way.
2: He came with like a trash bag. And wanted to sweep a bunch up off the floor and then staple it to his scalp.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's what he wanted. <laughs> so I could tell. Maybe that's all he wanted. I just want a little on the top. I'm just saying, just like, that
2: would have been better if he said, can I have some scraps?
0: I need some extra hair.
2: I, I, I'd like to put these scraps on my head. Okay, sure. At least, you know, that's dumb. But, like, at least there's some logic there. But walking into a place that removes hair might not be the place you'd want to go to get hair, is all I'm saying.
0: Agreed. There's very little logic occurring there.
2: Which is probably also, I I just still, at the end of the day, I just want to know why that there's a hair salon, art gallery, frame shop in the same place.
0: That's a really interesting business
2: model. It kind of reminds me of that I Love Lucy episode where they go to the small town. Isn't it like she goes to her hometown or small town somewhere and then like ev- there's one guy and he does all the jobs like he's the mayor. he's this the sounds police officer, very plausible. He's the post office guy. OK, never mind. Anyway,
0: I will say I think our uh, our subject of that last crazy stupid idiot would have had better a better chance at getting what he wanted if he went to another store that we know of called.
2: Shh. it's a wig Thanks. yes oh for sure yeah go get yourself a wig go dude get yourself
0: A wig. that's what you want Shh. it's a wig um for our next story we're going to Tennessee
2: oh right next door to Kentucky yeah
0: so we're going specifically actually to a Wendy's in Tennessee I've changed my story so don't follow the story I put up okay. there because it's a whole different story at a whole different fast food restaurant
2: <laughs> did you um, just have a change of like, I did because I hunger? felt like
0: oh no, it was more like I didn't really want to make fun of that person oh, okay. anymore. It so happens. instead, we're going to make fun of this other person. And he is a manager at the Wendy's in Tennessee. Uh, there's more than one. It's one particular Wendy's at uh, in Tennessee. It's at the Murfrees- Murfreesboro. <laughs> okay. Murfreesboro. Did you have
2: a little gin no, in the break? D-
0: you try to say that word. Murfreesboro. Uh, that's the area. Uh, where a 17-year-old worker at that Wendy's uh, had filed a report with that police department because she accused her 53-year-old supervisor of biting her on the job. Uh, What? Biting her while on the job okay the 17 year old worker uh, reported to police that her 53 year old manager bit her on her left shoulder during their shift and uh, she uh, charged him with a simple assault uh, and he admitted that he did indeed bite her on the left shoulder
2: Do we know why
0: I'm glad you asked when questioned by law enforcement the manager told law enforcement that the teen who he bit, was, quote, in the way of the friar. And uh, he wanted her to move. And he said that he was, quote, joking when he came up to her and growled. And then when she didn't move, he naturally put his mouth on her shoulder.
2: Did she throw his hand into the friar?
0: That would have been the smart thing to do. But no, instead, she just called the cops Oh my God. And now he's being charged with simple yeah, assault. Yeah,
2: that's one of those people that maybe didn't get the lesson at home that, like, we don't Use bite people. Use your <laughs> words?
0: Like, I don't know. <laughs> and remember, he's... Like, 50-
2: excuse me? I think it's a- the words, too.
0: He's 53, and he's managing people. Makes you wonder. Wendy's. How many people is he met?
2: Yeah. You know that's happened before.
0: Yeah, you know. I mean, also, he growled <laughs> at her. Like... Okay. In what world is it okay to pretend you're an I think that's animal? in the training
2: video like uh Wendy's it's like if you uh need help with something just turn to your coworker and growl like a dog. Urgh.
0: Anyway, don't do that. No. Don't bite your coworkers. Especially or really anybody. Actually, just don't bite anybody unless it's consensual.
2: Yeah. And even then I don't be know what careful because you could break the skin I don't yeah i mean Infection. you should definitely have a safe word
0: yeah. before yeah. you engage True. in that and wendy would work just say wendy's, <laughs> wendy's. <laughs> deep, pepper, just deep pepper say, say square patties
2: <laughs> square patties <laughs> i do love the square patty because you get extra meat you get that right?
0: four extra bites with Thank no you. bun yeah, yeah. The corners so exciting
2: like a little uh it's a bonus. surprise
0: it's just a little, little something extra
2: um, okay, can we uh, go somewhere else now? Yeah, I'm, we should. I'm tired of uh The biting? <laughs> you're
0: tired of the nibbling at Wendy's? I
2: want to now go a little further east to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I like to call this story A-T-O-M-G because it involves an ATM.
0: At-ong?
2: A-T-O-M-G. Got it. Yeah, okay, so no, uh, I'll work on it. Uh, I want to tell you about police, what they did, um, and then what had happened. So the police found something, and it's sh- it shocked them, and that really bothered them, so they uh, investigated. Now, you might want to know what it is that bothered them what and it, what they had to investigate.
0: What is it that bothered them, and what did they do to Why Thank did you. they investigate?
2: An ATM was found blown to bits in a parking lot on Roosevelt Boulevard Wednesday morning. Now, that's scary, right? That is scary. Because explosions in general. Apparently, somebody was trying to get the money out of the ATM.
0: I mean, they always are, right? They're not trying to put it in.
2: (laughs) Well, I know. Although, there was a point in my life where I did... Uh, try to like put things in an ATM. Remember when you had to do that and you had to find one that had an envelope thing? Uh-huh. And then you had to like, you know, put it in the envelope. And I think you can still
0: do that. Can you really? I think you can. Wow. We just don't because we use our phones I know. for everything. That was a good memory. Thanks, <laughs> Holly. Remember back when we used to put things into the ATM? Anyway, that's not what was happening here. Did
2: I sign that check? Ooh, I should open this again and then I got to waste an envelope. Anyway, moral of the story is um, here's what happened. And this is just so like earth shatteringly dumb. So you want the thing that's inside of the thing, right? right? So you're like, I'm going to blow up the ATM to get the money inside. One problem.
0: What's the problem?
2: What happens when you blow something up?
0: You blow up the things inside, too.
2: Thank you. So I will say that the criminals involved set up some traffic cones to redirect traffic away from the ATM uh, right before they decided to oh, blow so they it were to like, smithereens. They were like,
0: oh, we're going to use some explosives. We only want to explode that thing, yeah, like, not boop, the people. Boop, so let's be boop. courteous and redirect people.
2: Exactly. So they, they did that. that. Um, however, they then blew the dumb thing up and... Oddly, money flew everywhere. They were able to um, maybe grab a few things. It's kind of like that episode of the Golden Girls where they go to Hollywood and play grab that dough and Dorothy gets inside the wind tunnel and she's got these big fists and the host is like, wow, you could probably catch a lot of money with those meat hooks. And she's like grabbing around as the money's flying around and she shoves it in her pocket. Like they were probably able to off with like 200 bucks Meanwhile, the rest of the money was blown sky high and all over town.
0: (laughs) Oh, and not like in a fun way, like when you're in the no, you know, in the you're not getting far with charred remains of money. Yeah, I'm thinking like they probably thought it was going to be like when you get to be in the grabbing booth where like the money swirls all around and you get to grab all the money. Yeah, they probably thought explode that and then we'll grab the money will just rain down.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: But it was un fuego. It did not happen. That's not how that worked. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, it is the time to play a little game. That game is entitled
2: The Throw Back Live. Live.
0: We will do that after this on My Talk 1071. Hi, it's Kristen. Did you know that not doing things is easier than doing them?
3: There's a lot of things to do, especially this time of year. But when you don't do things, there's more time to do things. Does that make sense? What I mean is when you use Shipt to get everything from gifts to groceries delivered same day, you have more time for the things you want to do. To not do things so that you can do other things, visit Shipt.com holiday. That's ship dot holiday.